So this recording is from a uh, paper session, or a roundtable session rather, at ARA annual meeting in Toronto in 2019. Um, my colleague Dominique Banville from uh, George Mason University as well uh, allowed me to record this. Um, this is a co-authored paper by Ben Dyson, um, Pam Kalina from ASU, and Michaela Stanislou. Um, I'm sorry, Michaela said probably mispronounced your last name. Um, but uh, this is another 12-minute short presentation that um, uh, just talks through a roundtable presentation. So here we go with another episode with playing with research in health and PE. Schools have been identified as a key setting where children can accumulate a substantial portion of the daily physical activity guidelines through curricular and other approaches involving physical education lessons, recess breaks, and the integration of physical activity in the classroom. In one of its most recent publications, the World Health Organization states that good quality physical education, positive physical activity experiences and opportunities are needed to reinforce lifelong health and participation in physical activity. This type of recommendation, however, relies on teachers having the knowledge, skills, and willingness to do so. Studies conducted with primary teachers have identified numerous reasons underlying the difficulties they have in integrating physical activity into the school day or teaching physical education to their pupils. These reasons can be separated into two categories, institutional and teacher-related. The reasons linked with the institution include lack of time to teach the core curriculum, lack of professional development, lack of adequate facilities, lack of prioritization of physical activity, and lack of administrative support. The teacher-related factors are linked with their expertise, their confidence level, their interest in physical education and physical activity, their attitudes toward physical education and physical activity, and their personal school experiences in physical education. In New Zealand, health and physical education is in the primary schools is the responsibility of classroom teachers. The health and physical education in the New Zealand curriculum offers a detailed description of the framework and the achievement objective for each level. Dyson and his colleagues stated that unless teachers had a good understanding of physical education, the curriculum was overly comprehensive and daunting, especially since it uses a conceptual framework that is very different from the one these teachers would have experienced themselves when in school. As part of teachers' qualification requirement, generalist teachers only receive about 18 hours of coursework during their preparation to familiarize themselves with the PE learning area. Furthermore, um, further professional development is provided in some regions by local universities and from the National Association. <coughs> Bandura's self-efficacy theory is helpful in framing this study. He defines perceived self-efficacy as beliefs in one's capability to organize and execute the courses of action required to produce given attainments. The experience of mastery is the most 
mod influential modality in which success, especially if the task is deemed difficult, generates a sense of self-efficacy, while failure, especially if the task is deemed easy, generates discouragement. Vicarious experience refers to the process of comparing one's performance to others to determine how well one has done based on that reference. Verbal persuasion strengthens or weakens one's belief that they possess the capabilities to achieve or not what they are trying to accomplish. While physiological and affective states refers to the body, reactions to stressful situations that are considered normal or unrelated to their ability by people with high self-efficacy, but interpreted as a sign of vulnerability or weakness by people with low self-efficacy. Bandura also identifies six categories linked with teacher self-efficacy in school activity. They are their efficacy to influence decision-making, their instructional self-efficacy, their disciplinary self-efficacy, enlisting parental involvement, enlisting community involvement, and creating positive school climates. So the purpose of this study was to investigate classroom teachers and administrators' view of classroom teachers' efficacy in teaching physical education, physical activity behaviors, and health knowledge in primary school in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Aotearoa. Aotearoa. <laughs> Two primary schools in a metropolitan area of the North Island of New Zealand were purposely selected for this study. South Hill and Parkview Primary Schools. They were selected because of their different population, their commitment to teaching health and physical education, and their willingness to participate in the study. Pupils at these schools received 45 minutes of physical education twice a week. Classes were taught by classroom teachers, and the content varied based on space, equipment, and degree of implementation of the national curriculum by each individual teacher. A 15-minute active break was also incorporated every day of the week at Parkview Primary School. Organized sports were offered to the older pupils on the school grounds after school. Team sports like rugby, cricket, soccer, tennis were most frequently offered and instructors were typically hired through external organizations providing this type of service. Both school had a morning tea, a 30-minute break that occurs mid-morning and a 60-minute lunch break where teachers supervised pupils but did not lead or organize activities. A total of 13 participants volunteered to participate in the study. Teachers were predominantly female and Caucasian, taught in year five and six, and had between five and 20 years of experience teaching. Administrators were all Caucasian and had been in their role for at least three years. Two of the three administrators served as principal and all acted as team leaders for their schools. Data for the study were, were collected through formal semi-structure interviews, field notes, and photographs. Inductive analysis and constant comparison were used to analyze this qualitative data. Four themes were identified, and because of time constraint, we will focus on the second theme, <laughs> support for curriculum content. 
These teachers were familiar with the national curriculum, but talked mainly about resources provided by other teachers or Sport New Zealand, a not-for-profit national organization, as their main guide to develop their lessons. <coughs> they indicated that the health component of the curriculum was more difficult to implement and that topics were more likely to be addressed if something happened at the school that was related to one of the curriculum foci. Sheila at South Hill said, we should be teaching health, but our curriculum is so jam-packed to even get that in. I suppose you address it when the needs require it. Teachers pushing for more health during curriculum meetings also contributed to how much time was dedicated to teaching health. During his interview, Roger at Parkview mentioned, during the holiday when we have our team planning session, we look at each area of the curriculum. Not so much time spent on the health and PE one, but we have one teacher at the moment who's very keen on it, so it took a little bit more push than last year. This ability to express their views freely and influence the decisions that are made are part of the efficacy to influence decision-making and positively contribute to their self-efficacy. As indicated earlier, teachers and administrators received very little training and professional development on health and physical education. These participants confirmed the lack of training during the interviews. As Michael mentioned, I did have a class in my teacher education program. I wouldn't say that I rated it extremely high. Half of it was PE and half of it was health. The health was based on what you need to keep kids healthy. And then the PE one was just how to teach PE. They really glossed over it because it's only half a semester. As a result, some teachers indicated taking some personal initiatives to learn about teaching health and PE by relying on external sources such as YouTube, observing other teachers, and accessing support from the school sports coordinator who served as the resource teacher for PE in both schools. This is essentially what Benjura refers to as vicarious experiences. Beyond observation, teachers in South Hill also reported frequently referring to a resource called KiwiDex, published by Sport New Zealand, that had a number of low equipment, low organization games. Some teachers also relied on learning about specific sports from external providers that would come to the school to teach pupils after school. These teachers were concerned about their instructional self-efficacy and took it upon themselves to enhance their knowledge on their own. The positioning of external providers as experts in the school has been discussed and questioned in the field. While these teachers were not specifically asked about them, studies have shown that teachers openly welcome external providers to their physical education programs and believe that external providers were experts in physical education and physical activity. All the participants discussed their personal competence in sport as a way to explain their level of comfort teaching PE and they all indicated being more inclined to teach the sports they were most familiar with. Half of the teachers reported enjoying sports and enjoying teaching PE. These teachers talked about what Benjura refers to as mastery experiences where past success with physical activities and sports have generated a sense of self-efficacy. For instance, Louise shared the following. I enjoy teaching physical education, I think, because I grew up playing so many sports. It gives you a little bit more confidence trying to teach other people to play sports things. 
I would confidently be able to talk the class through kicking a ball and passing a ball and things like that just because of other sports that relate well to that sport. I don't have an issue with teaching PE. I'm certainly not nervous about it or anything. Teachers like Louis perceive their positive personal experiences with sport as contributing to their instructional self-efficacy in PE. Other teachers, however, recognize the difference between being able to play sports and being able to teach PE and manage a classroom of pupils in an open space with equipment. These teachers were very much concerned about their instructional self-efficacy despite their experiences with and competence in sport. For example, Christy at Parkview discussed, I don't feel massively confident about teaching PE and I'm quite a sporty person, but I still don't feel confidence because there are so many skills. I think my confidence is growing from when I first started. I mean, I wouldn't even take my class out for a game when I first started. Just wouldn't do it. I just literally comes down it just literally comes down to management. You can learn out the skills, but if you can't, you've got to keep them all on task. It's daunting, definitely daunting. Christy highlights in this quote some of the issues raised by various scholars about external providers and sports specialists delivering sessions in school settings. Expertise in sport is not necessarily sufficient for the effective delivery of lesson to large group of children with high requirement for aspects like management and differentiation. Conclusion. Overall, participating teachers taught PE and some health <laughs> concepts, but with different levels of instructional self-efficacy influenced by mastery and vicarious experiences. Attention evident in the data centered around the value of sport experiences in teaching PE. It was obvious that many of them conflated PE and sports, which has repeatedly been identified in relevant liter literature, such as Dyson and his colleagues in 2018 and Penny in 2007. The amount of time allocated to planning physical education and the unwarranted reliance on external providers created a disconnect between what is explicitly stated in the national curriculum and what is taught in primary school. Considering the very limited training these teachers have received so far, the professional development would need to be on a continuing basis to be as effective as possible and focus on topics such as learning about the New Zealand curriculum and how to best implement it, building on their classroom management skills so that they are more comfortable teaching in an open space and with different types of equipment, and learning how to design tasks that are developmentally appropriate for their pupils. Thank you. Thank you. We will now uh, open the floor for a few questions.